0: Full disclosure, understand that if you're listening to this, I'm going to go a little all out. Alright, there's going to be spoilers, there's going to be full-on explanations. Uh, This film just came out yesterday, so I went to go see the early release, July 8th. This This is being recorded on July 9th. This is for the Black Widow film that has been highly anticipated. And I have some things I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to get really in-depth with certain things, so there's going to be a lot of spoilers, especially involving the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I would suggest waiting till you actually see the film before you listen to this entry. Uh, if you want to listen to this entry before you see the film, by all means. So, let's get right into it by saying this film should have came out a long time ago. And I'm not even saying in the sense of like when it was originally thought up. I believe the actual uh, development of this script dates back to the Iron Man era. Even before Iron Man 2, they were trying to make Black Widow. You know, if you consider the fact that the first Avengers involved these six superheroes, they only technically made four origin films for each of those um, those six superheroes. Hawkeye never got anything, and Black Widow never got anything. And then Black Widow eventually got incorporated in the Iron Man 2 film. So that's the first time you actually see Black Widow, but I'm pretty sure the script for a solo film was a lot older than that. So I'm sure that there's had to be some changes to that script, which is why development was really stalled uh, in and of itself. The official uh, date uh, that production actually started for this film, when a script was finished and a solo film was actually hinted at and told that we were going to get one was, I believe, something like 2016, 2017, right around the time Civil War came out. So, we were going to get one, a Black Widow from around then. We never did, obviously. We don't get one till this one, because the production and the filming didn't start going through until later in 2019, I believe, filming actually started. So this film was very long anticipated, and it also was extremely delayed. I believe this film was delayed like three or four times from the initial uh, premiering date. Being that it was supposed to premiere at least twice in 2020, and then the pandemic hit, so it was pushed. Which is weird that it was pushed because... Why would that be, like, just give us this film? Like, we already know this character from the ending of Avengers Endgame dies. There is no more Black Widow. This is a prequel movie. And it's a prequel movie that goes back pretty far in comparison to everything else. Not as far as, say, Captain Marvel did. Captain Marvel taking place pretty much before all of the other films except for Captain America. I think Captain America, if you watch it in chronological order, I believe it goes Captain America... Um, Captain Marvel, and then leading into the Iron Man. I believe that's the chronological order. I believe Captain America comes first, because that takes place during uh, World War I, and then Captain Marvel, because that takes place during the 90s. I believe that there's probably one or two films in the midst of that that also should be considered, but I'm only talking about the idea that this film is chronologically, it takes place after Civil War and before uh, Infinity War. Now... There are still a lot of things that are unanswered when it comes to that portion of the storyline. And I know the, the Russo brothers have gone on record saying something like, oh, we love writing ourselves into a corner. Basically, that's what they did here. When they killed off uh, Black Widow and they set the storyline to be a certain thing and this film wasn't done yet. Yeah, this this film, and I would I would actually go ahead and say that a lot of the pushing of it didn't even have anything to do with the pandemic. They probably changed a lot. I don't know if that's a hundred percent certain, but there are certain things in the film that don't make a hundred percent sense to me when it comes to the. I don't want to say like the liberties it takes with the story, but the the, the choices in where the story goes. Uh, it is still. All in all, I'm going to say it's a good film. It's not a bad film. It's a very enjoyable film. But it's upsetting because we're not going to see another film like this. There's not going to be anything that resolves the story that it creates. But it does create this these unanswered questions, which could be answered later on down the line. And it's all about Black Widow. And, uh, you learn how Black Widow escaped... The, um, uh, the KGB, how she became a member of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, it goes back into her quote-unquote family, which isn't really her family. It's more along the lines that these were other agents and they were put together as a family and then they were put together for so long that they actually became family in a way. It's, it, it's, a, it's a weird story, but it does kind of show that there's still this um, emotional connection between these characters. And I I I will have to say the one thing that is very very upsetting is how how they did Taskmaster. Taskmaster is such a great character, and the fact that he isn't like a major villain up until this point, not only is a bit shocking. His incorporation works pretty well, but what they did with him is like they don't have too much fighting with him it's very minimal there's like one fight scene with black widow like at the end of the first act of the film there's a chase scene with him where you see him use a bow and arrow then there's a little bit of a fight that you see between him and the red guardian but it's not really a full fight which is something you you wish it gave us like that that's a fight you want to see taskmaster whether or not it's the focus that's a pretty legit character and they make him quiet, and they make, and they make it where it's like he's part of the mind control that everybody else is, but it's weirder. And it's just I feel like they did that character very, very poorly, and it's kind of upsetting because I think that's one of the one of the more unique villains in the overall Marvel hierarchy of villains. I'm not going to say powerful, but unique. Unique in the sense that when you have a villain that can basically mimic your entire fighting style and everybody's fighting style around you, it doesn't. It does show you a little bit of that in the first fight with Black Widow, where you see a little bit of the um, the Captain Marvel influence, the Spider Man influence, the Winter Soldier influence, the Black Panther influence. Like you see a lot of the fighting styles from all these other um, characters that we've seen throughout the Marvel films, all incorporated into this one character and turned against them. You know what I'm saying? So it's it, he's a very unique character, and I feel like they really didn't do him properly for this film. Um, but it does, it does leave an opening for him to come back and for it to be something legitimate and something that's actually menacing in a way or more prominent in the film. Like, that's not even the, the main focus of the film. The focus of the film is Black Widow discovers that when she was leaving the KGB to go to S.H.I.E.L.D., she had to assassinate the leader of what's called the Red Room. And now the Red Room is where all the Black Widows are created. So now there's more than one Black Widow, but Bla- but Natasha Romanoff is meant to be the last Black Widow. She is meant to uh, assassinate the man who created it, demolish the Red Room, and she's supposed to be the last one. And that's why she defects and works for S.H.I.E.L.D. in America instead of working for the KGB. Well, lo and behold, right after Civil War, Captain America Civil War, she goes on the run and discovers that not only is this guy not dead, not only are Black Widows still being created, but it's even worse because when she was a Black Widow, when she was being indoctrinated into the KGB, into this KGB, like, ranking system, these, these secret assassins, it was more about mind control and... In the in the mental sense, where you you break a person's willed power down and you and you de, and you demolish their ability to be free thinking and free willed by you know like physical and verbal and just really like trying to tear them down, and that's how you created obedient soldiers. Well, of course that didn't work because Black Widow eventually realized that she had a heart, and then that heart came from the fact that she had this quote unquote family that wasn't real and whatnot, but she was able to say that this is wrong i have to do something about this and then shield help her demolish it well that's not the case this guy survived and he kept building it and he got even more sadistic with it where it's now just not a physical mind control it's a chemical mind control where he injects all the black widows which is basically just children he steals from around the world all females all females from around the world he just steals a bunch of um uh girl children and he raises them while also chemically inducing them to bend to his will and their their only thing that they know is to follow his commands and Apparently there's another black widow who defects, creates a serum that counteracts that chemical imbalance and frees them of the mental, of their mental, uh, the mental hold that this guy has on them. Uh, I forget the actor. I forget the character's name, uh, off the top of my head. Uh, oh crap. And I just saw this film last night. I don't remember the name. I remember the actor though. The actor is somebody who I, um, I like. I've seen him in a lot of films. Uh, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember, but anyway, so the Red Room still exists, and it's this new uh, establishment of how he creates the 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 Black Widows. So there's many other Black Widows, and there's a great fight scene between uh, Natasha Romanoff and all of the mind-control Black Widows. There's like 15 of them, 20 of them, something like that, and it's really fun to see how she takes them on, and how they're like... My my wife made a good point is that it they, they never made any sense when it comes to some of these films where they have like fight scenes like this where there's like 10 people versus one dude and they go at him one at a time. Like, why aren't they just bum-rushing a person? But for this one, it kind of makes a little bit of sense because they're technically like... They're assassins. They're stalking her. They're they're trying to see where the openings are, and when the openings exist, they take it. Like there's a really great scene where she's like, like got somebody in a chokehold, and that person like gives her an elbow and flips her forward, and then somebody else grabs her like Bane in uh, the Dark Knight Rises, and then flips her face down, and she lands flat on a desk and flips back over, landing her back on the floor, and it's just it's just this this the style of how the fighting is. It doesn't look like one of those typical action, oh, let's just surround him and then go attack the guy one by one. It actually looks kind of calculated, and it's a really, really good fight scene. And I digressed a little bit. So the the premise is, uh, again, they're going after Dragoff. Dragoff, that's the guy's name. Uh, uh, Dragoff started the Black Widows. She's trying to get back to the Red Room, so the family reconnects. They get back together, they break the Red Guardian out of jail, which by the way, Red Guardian is hilarious in the film. I want to say he's like probably the comic comedy relief. That's probably a lot on um, David Harbour, who is a fantastic actor. Everything he does is amazing. And him being now indoctrinated into the Marvel Universe as the Red Guardian is fantastic. And I hope he does come back as well. I hope they do more Red Guardian in some way, shape or form, because that's a great character. And... David Arbour plays it fantastically. Then let's also not forget uh, Rachel Wise, uh, Florence... I can't... I'm not going to pay for it. I, I want to say Pug, but I'm pretty sure the G is silent. But Florence Puh, I guess? I, I, I really apologize if I'm butchering your name. Uh, but she is a tremendous actress. Um, the same actress that was in films like uh, Midsommar. And she technically plays Black Widow's quote-unquote sister... And, you know, at the end, at the end of it all, you know, they become uh, a family again at the beginning of the third act, right before the official climax of everything, where they get taken to the Red Room, and they try to take everything down, and she learns about all these other sleeper agents that are around the world, and it's uh, the Taskmaster versus uh, Red Guardian fight, and they're, they're trying to take everything down. And there's a serum that counteracts everything. They use the serum, release all the Black Widows, destroy the, the, <laughs> the, the Red Room building, I guess, or floating, I don't even know if it's floating, it might actually have been suspended, but it's just in clouds, this facility for, for what is the Red Room just comes crashing down to the earth, uh, if you are, if you're able to see it in 3d, I would suggest that I didn't get to, unfortunately, the theater we went to, I had bought tickets for 3d, Their 3d machine didn't work, but I can definitely see where the 3d should have been. And it, it looked like it would have been awesome in 3d. So I would suggest watching it in 3d. Uh, so everything comes crashing down. Uh, they get reunited and then here comes, um, uh, the U S uh, the, the U.S. Special Forces, with uh, Thaddeus Ross, who anybody knows is basically uh, General Thunderbolt. And that's played by William Hurt. He's been con- consistent with that character since uh, the uh, Incredible Hulk film back in 2007 or eight. So seeing him get incorporated again, because it follows that. That storyline to the extent where, okay, this takes place after Civil War. So it takes place after the Sokovian Accords, which means that this is where that fight happened. Where Black Widow portrayed um, Iron Man and the Sokovian Accords by allowing Winter Soldier and Captain America to escape. When everybody was arrested in that final scene, or in one of the final scenes in... Captain America: Civil War. You see that they have um, Flint Barton, they have Ant-Man, they have Falcon, but they don't have Black Widow. So Black Widow escapes, and then at the beginning of Avengers: Endgame, you see that she's teamed up with Captain America. After Captain America broke, I want to say Falcon out because I believe because Ant-Man starts with being on house arrest so that's how ant-man's able to cut a deal he, he goes into house arrest and i believe they send flint back to his family to do the same thing almost so everybody in once in some shape or form gets out uh black widow's on the run but the way it, it incorporates how the black widow film ends and kind of goes into that story is a little convoluted because it ends with her you know standing in the field the u.s is coming i don't know if she escapes because she lets all the black widows and her family leave and she's like you guys go off and do your thing i'm going to stand here and handle this i don't know how she handles it because then it just jumps to a thing where it says two weeks later and then she shows up with blonde hair so it's very it's very un- unanswered when it comes to how that scenario was taken care of and i guess it's meant to leave you meant to leave it to your imagination but i think that's very poorly done on the the choice of whoever the screenwriters were but it left off with her saying, I'm going to go break some people out of prison. So she basically goes, teams up with Captain America to break Falcon out of jail. I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that's uh, what the in, the innuendo was of that dialogue exchange between this character who's an ally, but you've never seen him before, and I don't think you'll ever see him again. Uh, he's reoccurring throughout the film, and it's just weird. So I don't know if he's going to pop up again or not, but. Yeah, just out of nowhere, she just so happens to have this guy who gets her basically everything, whoever he is. So, I don't know who he is, if you know who he is, if he's like a a precursor to something else, whatever. I didn't, I had no idea, they didn't explain much about that character. So, it ends with that, and then, you know, cut to, you know, uh, credits, blah, 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 blah. So now there is an end credit scene. I am going to tell you right now, there is a post credit scene. All the way at the end. It's no longer uh, they do a little animation credits, then a scene, then they roll official credits. No, this film rolls official credits and then goes to a post credit scene. I'm going to give you about five seconds. If you don't want to hear about the post credit scene, you've got five seconds right now to stop listening to this and then go watch the film. And then if you want, come back to it. Okay, so post credit scene basically is something that takes place after Endgame. So they pick up right after um, the the Endgame storyline where they save the world, but Natasha is dead. Which is why you know they're not going to make another Black Widow film, or they're not going to incorporate Black Widow again. But now here's the other thing, is that the surviving family members and all the other surviving widows basically leaves an opening for a Black Widow army. And there's a gravestone for Black Widow, and the uh, uh, the sister comes and visits it, and as the sister is mourning, uh, in pops up the uh, Julia Lewis dreyfus character, I believe Valentina is her name, and this is another reason why I think they had to push it, because... This character wasn't established, so you had no idea who she was. If you've watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know who this character is. It's the character that basically creates secret agent from the mocking Captain America in Falcon and Winter Soldier. The um, she's an a- she's a some secret agent from some agency that we don't know about yet, and they're kind of teasing that. And what they've brought into into play with this post-credit scene is that Black Widow's sister, Yelena, another Black Widow, works for her. And they have another mission for her. And what's the mission? Oh, well, I'm going to tell you the mission. Opens up a little tablet. Here's your next target. This is the reason why Natasha is dead. And it's a picture of Flint Barton. It's a picture of Hawkeye. She's sending them after another fucking Avenger, and I don't know what that's meant to lead into, but what I believe is they're going to stick with steering away from Hawkeye, going into the Ronin character, having there be an arc where it's not really, that's not really the case, like it's a double, it's a, it's a, it's a stabbing in the back kind of thing, so Yelena's going to believe that Um, Barton is the reason why Natasha's dead and she's going to go after him because she wants to avenge her quote unquote sister. Not really her sister, but yes, her sister. So I do know that they're meant to create a Hawkeye show. Hawkeye is meant to get a show where he's training Kate Bishop as sort of his replacement because he doesn't want to be an Avenger anymore. So, that this might lead into that show, which is later on down the pipeline, but I do see this as also being another reason why they had to push this film so many times, because if they dropped this bomb at the end of the Black Widow film, and you didn't understand who that was, it wouldn't make any sense, and it wouldn't have such an impact as it did with me, and at least three other people in the row I was sitting in at the movie theater. We all gasped, because we weren't expecting that, so... For just the the film to lead into what would be Black Widow's replacement as kind of a Kickstarter into that universe, okay. Because Black Widow's a good character, and you've also got um, the introduction of the Red Guardian, you got the introduction of uh, Taskmaster. Just, just for this film to use that and to still incorporate building up these characters such as um, General Thunderbolt and Valentina... These characters are going to play some role later on down the line. And this is meant to be the first official film in the Phase 4 lineup that um Marvel Studios has planned so this is the first film then you have Shang-Chi coming out in a couple of months which should hopefully give us some more uh stuff that we should be looking forward to Loki ends next week so that should hopefully lead into something as well and we're getting something that's new to an extent because we're trying to do what we can with all of these storylines we're getting because now here's the thing we have we have three things going on we have Whatever Black Widow has set up with continuing the Valentina storyline and the Thunderbolt storyline, which everybody's teasing would hopefully lead into some kind of Thunderbolts film, which is basically what a team up of, I think it's Secret Agent, um, uh, Abomination, and we all see that Abomination is some way, shape, or form going to be involved in Shang-Chi, so it's it's a couple of different random characters, it's kind of like a, like a Secrets War kind of character. Uh, kind of um, team up almost, and it could be leading into something like that, or it could be leading into something else. Whatever the continuous use of um, uh, General Ross and this Valentina character incorporates, it's going to lead into something and they're building that up. That's essentially what this is meant to do. Then there's also the case of what Loki is doing by... Based by fucking around with the timeline. So who knows what messing around with the timeline is going to lead to, or what implications that might have on the overall universe. And that's a big deal. And then you also have whatever shang Chi is going to bring to the table, and that's the third thing. Shang-Chi brings this other realm to the table where it's not even just about Everything that we've been, everything that we've seen or done so far, it's also incorporating this other form of mythology that hasn't been touched on, but apparently still exists. And oh, here's a fourth thing: we also got Eternals coming out pretty soon, which is another bizarre story arc that could easily take this in a completely different direction. And there are so many things that Phase Four is going to bring to the table that could lead uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe into so many different directions. I'm not going to say Black Widow was the perfect way to kickstart this phase, but it was a good way to kind of give us more than what we had before. So even though we had... Uh, WandaVision, that was basically establishing um, the actual Scarlet Witch, and uh, White Vision, or Gray Vision, how, uh, whatever, however we're calling him now. Then you had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which established the new Captain America, and now you have Loki, which is re-establishing Loki. And here's this Black Widow film, which doesn't establish anything except for all these other characters that are side pieces in this film and it's all focused on this character that we're not going to get anything else about and that's the thing that's really upsetting when you watch a film like this and it's not bad it's good it's a great film it's enjoyable to watch i enjoyed every second of this film but what i don't enjoy is watching it and realizing that it's not going to lead into anything if you gave me a prequel film for black widow before Endgame. That that makes sense to me. That makes perfect sense to me. Just like what you did with Captain Marvel. This film should have came out back in 2019. 2019, at least. It wasn't meant to be released until 2020, and it got pushed almost four times. And we're finally getting it, and the only reason that I can see it taking this long is that the post credit scene te- technically takes place after Endgame. That's it. But you could have put that post credit scene anywhere you could have put it anywhere i mean call me crazy maybe maybe i'm wrong in thinking this way but i just feel that it's such a good film to give to this character and it was so well deserved but it's so well deserved so long ago like this should have been out already for a while we should have seen maybe a second she should have gotten two films you're talking about a character that's been incorporated in as almost as many films as iron man you know what i'm saying even though iron man kickstarted it this character doesn't get involved until iron man 2 so she's only a couple of films short for her incorporation when it comes to Iron Man's incorporation. And she's a major part of the Avengers. She's the big six. So why didn't she get more? And what she did get was good, but it's lackluster because we know there's nothing else coming. There isn't going to be another prequel. There isn't going to be another uh, another Natasha Romanoff Black Widow storyline ever because this character is basically gone. And I don't know if they're going to try to reverse that in some way. Who knows? Loki's messing with the timeline, uh, the Doctor Strange film is going to mess with the timeline, everything's going to mess with the timeline, maybe she'll come back. I don't know, but if they do that, it kind of diminishes the value of what her death brought in the Avengers film. Same thing with Iron Man. If Iron Man comes back, you know, I, I think even Robert Downey Jr. said it in the um, when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast... It diminishes the death of that character and the significance of that scene and the ending of that film if Iron Man's able to come back. You know what I mean? It totally isn't what should be done, but I don't know what they could possibly do with all of these other characters they've now given us. Like I said, there's a whole army of Black Widows. There's the Taskmaster, there's Red Guardian, we have more content with Valentina, we continue to get um, General Ross involved, you have all these other characters you can build off of so you don't really want to focus on Natasha Romanoff, but you could focus on Black Widow or even a Black Widow replacement. I wouldn't mind seeing her sister Yelena take up the Black Widow mantle and become an Avenger if that's the route they might be going in, who knows, but this film is still worth it. I will say that it's worth it, even though I have my corpse about what this film brought to the table, and what it left unanswered, and, and and essentially what it left me wanting, and that's wanting more Black Widow, and I'm not even gonna say that it's because, you know, it's Scarlett Johansson or anything, it's literally because this was a good film, and this was good for this character, and this character deserved it, you know, I, I think Hawkeye deserves more too, and Hawkeye's finally getting his show on Disney+, Plus. that's in development, but it's basically a torch-passing film, and that's upsetting because you're talking about two characters that are part of the main six, and they, they totally deserved more than just being side characters in the storyline, and this is a film that proves that, you know, it's like with DC, they've been pushing the Cyborg film, which I think would be great because Cyborg is a very enjoyable character, I think a, sto- I think a film just about him or his origin would be a fantastic uh, film in and of itself. If we're able to give these characters more stories outside of just being side characters, you can create a lot more content, and I think we should. Like, you can even do team-ups, like what they did with WandaVision, basically being basically being Vision and Scarlet Witch. Then you can do Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was uh, Falcon becoming Captain America and also re-establishing the Winter Soldier as a good guy. You could do those. There's nothing wrong with doing things that team characters up. You know, Thor Ragnarok did it, even though I have my feelings about Thor Ragnarok in and of itself there are still ways that you can incorporate more than one character and make it work, and if that's the route that they might take moving forward, even with just the idea of incorporating uh, Loki into this area where he's introducing a whole other story arc that I could possibly mention. You also have the Doctor Strange film, which is meant to incorporate Scarlet Witch again because it's the multiverse of madness. So I, And then you have Ant-Man, which has started incorporating Ant-Man and the Wasp, they could incorporate somebody else, you know. Now that you have all these characters connected, there's nothing wrong with incorporating them across the board or introducing other characters that get incorporated into shows or movies outside of that as well. I just, it just uh, when you when it comes to what what you should think about going into this film, all you really should consider is that think about it as if this film came out three years ago. When it deserved to come out. And then if you're able to put it into retrospective like that. Where it actually takes place in that timeline where it's supposed to. You get a little bit more enjoyment out of it. But if you go in there thinking that this is going to be. the the Something that leads into something else. It's not. You know it's not a Captain Marvel prequel. Where that character is now established and they're doing more with it. It's a sequel to a character that's not around anymore. And... You're not, you're not going to be satisfied at the end of it when you want more, and you realized, oh shit, I'm not going to get any more. We're not going to get another Natasha Romanoff Black Widow film, and the enjoyment of the film is going to lead you down that path where the ending is going to upset you. It upset me just for that reason, even though it's a good film. And, I'm, and I want to just reiterate, I'm not saying it's not a good film. It's a great film. But it's upsetting that it's the only one we're going to get. And if they try to do another Black Widow prequel with Natasha Romanoff, it's not going to make sense. It's, it's going to diminish what this film gave us. Because again, you're talking about creating more stories that go further back the timeline that have to make sense with everything else with the character that we know is just eventually going to die. And that would be poor choices on Marvel Studios' part. But I do hope that the sister, played by... Again, I'm going to butcher her last name. Florence Puh as Yelena, the Black Widow's sister. I think they should incorporate that. I think she should be the Black Widow replacement at, at some point in time in, in, in the future. And you could still get a Black Widow in the Avengers. I think that would be something worthwhile... But who knows? Who knows what their plans are? I'm looking forward to the low-key season finale, or series finale, um, next week. I'm looking forward to Shang-Chi. Not very close in time. It's coming up really, really soon. And then I'm looking forward to whatever else they have planned that I can't think of off the top of my head for Phase 4. And hopefully that'll lead into something that will actually answer a lot of these questions and give us a lot more content for this universe. And I just wish we got this film sooner. That's, that's really my takeaway. I just wish we got this film sooner than later.